Welcome, welcome to 720 and 720. This is John Schulman again. We've got a great guest, the ESPN National Recruiting Director and former head Division I basketball coach, Paul Biancardi. Paul Biancardi, welcome to 720 and 720. John, thank you so much for having me. Well, you're, you're a legend. You've become more of a legend after you got out of coaching. How, how, how did you pull that one off? Uh, that that happens with all us ex-coaches. We all become legends in our own mind, in our own family, and uh, we become legends on social media. It's funny how that works. Uh, how about how about Greenberg? Is Seth a legend? He's more of a legend now, isn't he? Oh, he, he's an unbelievable legend. I mean, all you got to do is ask him. <laughs> I understand. I understand. I, I'll tell you what, though. I really enjoy watching him because he understands the game, and he was a tremendous coach you know, when he was coaching, I think he'll coach again someday, but he really gets the game and he, he's a, he's a very good game coach, practice coach. I enjoy him. Well, it's, it's fun to watch him. He's got a really, uh, he was talking about doubling down the post a couple of years ago and, and I called him and busted his tail. I said, you did that in two minutes. It took me, you know, two years to do it. And he said, you know, I'm just trying to dumb it down for everybody. And that's what he has to do. He's got to dumb it down because he's so bright uh, about the game. Yeah, I think I think he's borderline obsessed with it, which we all are. So that, that's a good thing, though. That's what makes us who we are. Uh, all right, now, Paul, here's what we're doing. We're, this is an informative and educational podcast, and, and you are the guru in the country of recruiting. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions to try to help some parents and some kids who are dealing with the stress on recruiting. And I'm not talking about the top 100 or top 200 players on should they go to Duke or Carolina. I'm talking about the me and you of the world. You remember us when we were young kids, how, how talented me and you were? I do. I do. And I, I have a great story for that, which I'd like to share when when we get through this broadcast. Well, uh, all right. Let, let me ask you this. Okay, if I'm a parent, and I am a parent, I'm a parent of a of a kid who is a, not, a, not a top 500 player in the country, but my child is dying to play college basketball. But I'm at a single-A school in Johnson City, Tennessee, and what do I need to do as a parent? Because a lot of parents have a lot of stress on them, on, on feeling guilty that they're not doing more for their kid or sending them to this camp or that camp or this travel team. What do they need to do? You tell us. Well, first of all, I think they have to make sure that they're concerned with the right things and not obsessed with the wrong things. So, so the right things are this. You're their parent. You're a parent. I'm a parent. We have to be concerned about supporting our children playing the sport that they want to play, not the sport that we want them to play. That, that's number one. And I think that's really important because a lot of parents are really pushing their kids to play sports. And sometimes the kids don't want to play at that competitive uh, level or maybe even play in college, but they do want to play in high school and they do want to play club. So you have the desire, John, has to come from the, the player. It can't come from the parent. And, and I know in my own case with my own daughter, play soccer she doesn't anymore because of a concussion but she would always make me take her to practice early and she would always ask me if she could stay late and take shots on the goal that's a desire that she has that wasn't me suggesting to her let's go early and let's stay late uh, you can make suggestions as, as parents but you have to make sure that the desire comes from the child that, that's number one number two do everything you can to help your kid in a day-to-day -day basis in terms of your nutrition, 
the schedule, the rides, uh, the athletic apparel that they need, the gear, whether it's sneakers or cleats or, or shorts or, you know, the food, the hydration. And then be a parent where you make sure your kid gets enough sleep, gets enough food, and, and, and you take them to certain camps, as you mentioned, okay? There's camps, there's showcases. A camp is what we do at the Jay Billis camp. The camp, I have a basketball camp, Paul Biancardi camp. It's to teach, it's to learn, it's to compete. Showcases are where you go and play. It's a glorified pickup game. Nothing wrong with showcases, but you have to understand what, where you're investing your money in. There's, there's trainers as well. Do you, do you need someone to train your child? If your child really wants the training, then I would invest in somebody who's a good teacher of fundamentals of the game, not somebody who's going to teach your son a fancy move, not somebody who's going to be a rebounder for your son, but somebody who can actually teach them how to not just play the game, but read the game. This is how you read a pick and roll. This is how you read a down screen. You know, this is how you use a jab step. You have to get somebody who's a really good teacher of the game if you're going to invest in a skill trainer. But beyond those things, as a parent, you cannot obsess with what team your son plays with, how many minutes they get, uh, if they're ranked or not ranked. Those are the things that you have no control over. But you do have the control over how you support them, how you help them get through day to day, where they go to play their basketball camps showcases. Uh, and, and I think as a parent, John, this is the most important thing you can do. Teach your kid the lessons that you would teach them. And I would teach it as a coach, not playing more. Well, you have to do more in practice. Um, you, you, you know, other people are performing well, cheer for your teammates. It, it's about the things that nobody talks about fighting through adversity when, when practices are, are tough and you're not getting your minutes or you have a bad game how to bounce back from a bad game, how to work a little harder, how to get there earlier and stay later, how to be a great teammate. What parent talks to their kid about being a great teammate? Well, not many. No, not many that I know. No, you're right, and it's really hard. It's hard. You, you have to fight it. You almost have to fight it as a parent, uh, you know, because yeah. I'm a parent now, not as much of a coach, and you fight it as a parent if your kid's not playing is you got to go into coach mode and you got to say the right things and you got to believe in the right things and and believe in the right thing is if you want to play more than fight more make the coach have to play you uh and and so you got to do more in practice it's old school mentality well it's the right mentality um so again what you have control over is where do you want your kid to play on a travel team okay for me i want my son playing if i had a son where he could play some minutes and also learn from a good teacher. I don't care about the name of the team. I don't care where they go and travel. Can he, can he teach the game to my son? Can he give my son feedback? And can my son have an opportunity at this level to play the right minutes? If you play too high, you're not going to get the minutes that you need to grow. If you play in a program where there's superstars everywhere, high-level players, and you're not, then you sit. And too much sitting is not good because you don't you don't learn from that. Uh, worrying about college before you even play high school basketball is another obsession parents have. Yeah. I, I talk to parents all the time, and and middle school parents, uh, I mean parents of a middle school child or a freshman or sophomore, they're talking about college. Their kid hasn't even started varsity yet. So it, it's it's really as a parent, 
you have to emphasize the process to your son or daughter. Emphasize that it's a daily habit that makes your son or daughter better. And you as a parent, teach them how to fight through adversity. Teach them how to sacrifice a little more. Teach them how to be dedicated. Teach them how to be a great teammate. Teach them how to be loyal to their team. These are the things you can do as a parent that make your child a better person, better player, better teammate. And eventually he'll work on his skill. Eventually he'll love the game or he won't love it. But parents get obsessed with the things that they can't control. They think they're going to hire a trainer. They're going to hire a strength and conditioning coach. They think they're going to send their kid to all these different events and he's going to get a scholarship. It doesn't work that way. It, it, it Just because you pay money for things doesn't mean there's going to be success at the end of it. If you don't hire the right people and if that player doesn't do the things for himself that he needs to do on a daily basis and the parent around him teaching him the daily habits to be successful, it's not going to go anywhere. It's like a dog chasing his tail. And, and the last thing I'll, I'll leave you with on this is when a when a player is unhappy, then the parent becomes unhappy. And in and and today's society, the first thing to do is, well, I'm going to leave. Well, why would you leave when you don't go talk to the coach first? And, and I'm not talking about the parent talking to the coach, uh, unless, of course, it's middle school or, or elementary school. But ha- teach your player, even at a middle school, to go talk to the coach. That's how players develop relationships with coaches, by going up and talking to them asking them questions about where do they fit? How can they improve? What can they do to get more playing time? It's a simple formula and parents, I think make it complicated and difficult because I think parents interject themselves way too much now because of the internet and social media. They see what other people are doing and they want the same for their son. Every player is different. Everybody has different talent and ability. And I want to I want to make this point to every parent. Nobody wanted to play college basketball that I knew of more than me. And I was an average high school player. I went to Division three to walk on because nobody recruited me. In my first year of tryouts, I broke my ankle. Second year, I got cut as a walk on it, it. John, it doesn't get any lower than that, right? You, you you break your ankle in tryouts, and then next year you spend all off-season training dedicating your life to it while your friends are going out, you're in the gym, and then you get cut as a walk-on. My own parents said to me, why are you doing this? Like, what, what, where's the end game? I really want to be part of the team in college basketball. That's my obsession. That was my goal. Third year, I made it. Practice player. Same thing. Walk-on fourth year. Got a fifth year back. And in that fifth year, I became the captain of the team voted by my teammates and I played for who now is Tom Thibodeau, the head coach and president of Minnesota Timberwolves. Tom appreciated my value to the team. My value wasn't my skill level. My value wasn't my talent, but my value was the traits of of the work ethic, the dedication, the, the love of the game. You know, nobody had to teach me those things. They were, they were inherent. So if I could play college basketball, my message to every parent and player out there is there's a home for everybody but it's not about wanting it it's really wanting it badly and that's to me the separation point um no those are great points let, let me ask you this uh i'm a parent you know like like my dad ran a box company in elizabeth in tennessee 
and and didn't know a whole lot about sports and, and there's a lot you know you're right the inter, you know i there's a lot of parents that don't have any idea about sports but they think they do because they read something on, on the internet if i'm a parent that knows nothing about sports how do i find the right aau team how do i find help parents here how do i find the right trainer how do i find the right camps so i don't waste money how do i do that well to find the right coach i mean that, that's word of mouth i think you have to find players and parents in your community and talk to them and ask them what their experience like was with that coach. I mean, there's really no other way to do it. You have to get firsthand knowledge from somebody to say, you know, this coach gave us feedback. This coach was, you know, uh, had organization, he had structure. Some parents want structure and organization for their kids. Other parents want guy coaches that are not, you know, maybe as, um, structured or as organized or maybe somebody who doesn't yell as much it's a word of mouth thing in the high school level again in travel ball I, I want my coach for my kid to teach them something when my daughter comes home from soccer uh travel ball when she did i didn't ask her how she did i never asked her how to practice go because we know what the answer is going to be good <laughs> right and it's the one word answer and then they then they leave i want to know what'd you learn today now that's a question every parent should ask their kid what did you learn today from practice? Well, I didn't learn anything. Okay. Well, what did the coach say that you already knew that he reinforced? Because he had to say something where you either learned something new or you confirmed something that you already knew from the past. And if your child says, well, we didn't do anything today in practice, then that's not a good coach. I, I want somebody who, I don't care if they're quiet or if they're loud, but I want somebody teaching my child how to play the sport. And of course, games are important. Uh, drills aren't as fun for kids. Sometimes coaches can make the drills fun or at least competitive. So I really want that coach who's teaching my kid something about the game. And again, the skill trainer, it, it's word of mouth because on the internet and social media, everybody looks good. But you have to find somebody who has the ability to teach your child the game and give your child feedback. And, and and it doesn't have to be a former coach, but John, you and I know that since we coach the game, we, we understand how to give feedback. We understand how to correct. We understand how to see growth in a player. Um, there's a lot of glorified scouts today. People call themselves scouts because they got a computer and they go to an event and they write. <laughs> they call themselves a scout. I, I don't know if that's a, in my book. That's not a scout. That's somebody who has a computer and writes about basketball. <laughs> Uh, trainers today call themselves trainers, but w what's their background in the game? Did they play? Look for the background. Did they play? Were they a walk-on? Were they a star? Did they coach? You know, what did they do in the game to make them want to be the trainer that they are? So I think checking people's credentials, it's not the end-all be-all, but I, I, when I hire somebody to do something, I want to know what their experience and background is. And then I, same thing we do, Every day I, I ask for referrals. If I'm going to hire you to do something, I, I need some names and referrals. So ask for referrals and, and, and make sure there's somebody that's teaching your son about the game that can give feedback and make corrections. Um, those, those are great points. The, I, you know, what, I, what I'm seeing in the game now is I, I'm seeing, um, listen, I, I, I studied, uh, I had a fear of autism in our family. So I studied autism an awful lot when I was uh, a young dad. Um, 
we have basketball autism going on because we, we have these individual workouts and, and guys know how to, to do their thing by themselves, but they can't play with the team. And, and mm-hmm. nobody can it, – it's – there's – you remember when we were young, we'd go out there and play two-on-two two or three-on-three three or four-on-four. Four. We didn't have trainers. we just go play ball. That's how you learn to play the game is to play ball, is is to play the game. And I, I don't think kids play the game anymore. They, they're on their computers. They're on their phones. And then they go do an hour workout by themselves. There's no cones. I haven't seen cones during a, a real basketball game or tennis balls or any of that. I, I see five guys playing against five guys. And if you don't know how to play the game – you have a tough time. Uh, well, well, a couple of points on that. When I worked for Rick Majerus, the late great coach from Utah and Ball State, you remember him. Yes, sir. And, and St. Louis, he told me that we're going to do skill work 15 minutes before every practice and skill work for 15 minutes after every practice. And then as a, as a team, we're going to do 20 minutes of skill work. And he says, when you do the skill work, we're going to do it based on the concepts of our offense. Yep. And, if, and if I see a tennis ball, a chair or a barrel, you're fired. He says, because there's no, there's no chair and tennis ball and barrel when we play. The defense moves. So we have to teach our players how to move without the ball, what to do before they catch it, and then when they catch it, give them an idea of where the defense could be to visualize. He was very big on visualization. Uh, and, and so your point is well taken. The pickup game is gone. The pickup game where you would go into a facility, get on a team with guys you don't know, or maybe you did know against other people, bigger, stronger, faster, younger, doesn't matter. And and if you lost, you had to sit and wait your turn till the next winners come up. It was devastating because if you lost that game, sometimes you'd have to sit two and three games before you can get back on the court. What's the thing you love to do the most? You love to play. Well, you lost, so now you can't play. And that would eat at me and eat at the, the guys I grew up with because the competitiveness would say, we're not losing. Well, in a showcase today, your parents are paying $200 or more. Kids are playing four games, win or lose. They're playing with other guys that don't always want to win. They're playing with other guys who think that they have to showcase their ability so somebody will write about them. And so now you're playing for the wrong purpose and it becomes repulsive basketball and everybody looks bad except for the guy who organized the event. He made all the money. And, and so showcases are good. If you're playing with good people and and you're playing to win the game, you always have to play to win, whether it's a showcase or two on two or high school game or a college game. And that's why I, I love the Jay Billis camp. And honestly, the camps that I put together, we play two on two in the camps that I run, John, because of that exact concept you talked about, learning how to play with somebody else and not just being a drill, a, a fancy drill. Well, I, I, going back to your winning point, I, and I would say this to parents, listen, you know, t- winning is the end-all, be-all. If you can win in an AAU tournament, then you're going to play in the last game and the coaches are going to be there anyway. If you can win at Billis's camp, then you're going to play in that last game in front of every coach and in front of every parent. If you're going to win in in high school, then you're going to play in. If you're the last people playing, people are going to watch you. Winning, there's still a value in winning. And and you show me a guy averaging 30 points a game on a losing team, uh, I'll show you a guy that's probably not going to help you win in, in college. Um, let, let's jump over to, uh, and real quick, the kid point. 
Uh, I'm a kid. I'm a I'm a I'm a good player. I feel like I can't get ranked. I don't have a ranking. I get no exposure. I'm worried about my exposure, and nobody knows who I am. What do I need to do, Paul? What do I need to do to to get seen to get my name out there? Um, it, because my name's not out there right now. I don't know what to do. And I've got that same dream that me and you have. Well, then you have to, the number one thing you have to focus on is not trying to prove yourself, but you have to keep the focus on improving yourself because that's what gets you seen. And that's what gets, that's what impresses other people. When you continue to improve in the game, that's when you impress. You have to play often. You have to practice all the time. You have to play in your area, which is your hometown. And then leave in the summertime, springtime, go to different events. Again, that gets back to what team you're going to play for, who's the coach. And let me say this about picking a travel team. The coach is important, but who are the other players? Because if the other players are playing solely for a scholarship or for attention, you may not want to play with those guys. But if you get a group of guys that love to play, enjoy the game, and want to really win, then everybody shines. So – it's really important that you play well, play often, play outside of your area, your comfort zone, and, and go to camps where there are other like players, your age, your, your ability, and, and don't be concerned about being seen, but be concerned about being prepared for those events. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Because we spend so much time, parents and, and players are consumed with being seen, but they never get consumed with or concerned with preparing for that event or the season, the high school season. What, what does a player do all summer to prepare for the high school season? What does a player do, you know, the week before that event that they're going to play um, summer basketball? You, you have to prepare for the, I don't like the word exposure. I, I really don't. I like the word opportunity because there are just series of opportunities. So what do you do to prepare for the opportunity? That's what you need to be concerned with. Once they throw the ball up, you have no control how you're going to play. You have no control how your teammates are going to play. You have no control over how the referee is going to officiate. You have no control over your opponent. But you do have control over how well you prepared to play in that event. It's an, it's an algebra test. If you have an algebra test and you, you, you work a week to prepare for that algebra test, it's the same thing on, on, on basketball. That's why you practice hard before a season so you're prepared for the season. And you've got to do the same thing as a player. You've got to follow the process and you've got to get better. I know you're, a, you're not an exposure guy, and you hate that word exposure, improving yourself, rather to improve. So guys just got to go through the process, keep getting better, um, and and then and then help your team win. Like I said, I I think I think if you help your team win, you get recognized. And and I, no, I don't you know my son my son Max played in a in a college game the other day. It was the best game I've ever seen him play. He took one shot, but he helped his team win. And so it's not about you know co- coaches are pretty smart. Just impact the game somehow, some way, whether it's on the defensive end, whether it be rebounding. You don't have to go out there because if you go out there and play outside your comfort zone, you're going to look like a fool. Well, that's exactly right. Guys that are not good shooters will take shots and they look bad. Do the things as Max did to help your team win. Every coach values winning. Every coach has a different philosophy in evaluating. Some want athletic guys. 
that will teach them skill. Some want skilled guys and not concerned about athleticism. Some coaches want guys who can rebound and screen. Every coach is looking for something different. So it's important that you p- play to your strengths. And, and also this is another great point for, for players. Every kid today talks or thinks they have to expand their game, but nobody masters their game. And so what I mean by that is what are you good at? Where can you hang your hat as a player? You know what? I really rebound well. Okay, that's what you master. Now, if you want to expand your game to making layups and post moves, that's great. But when you're in a game, you don't try to expand your game during the game. You expand your game in practice, and you play to your strengths in the game so you help your team win and so that you can be efficient because the game comes down to efficiency. It's not how many points you score. It's the percentage at which you scored at, which we know as coaches. You're better off going three for six in a game, and that's 50% than going you know, five for 15 in a game. You may score more points the other way uh, if you get a couple of threes in there, but it's, it's about your percentages, and it's certainly about being efficient. And, and guys sometimes get consumed with the wrong numbers. Uh, Paul, you're the best. You, that's why you're the ESPN National Recruiting Director. We look forward to watching you on TV. We appreciate your time this morning and, and appreciate your advice for parents and for the kids because uh, God knows we need it at this moment because we are one screwed-up society <laughs> dealing with all this. So I do appreciate your time, and, and uh, we do look forward to watching you on, on TV. Well, John, thanks for, you, for your, what you're doing for the game, not just for the coaches, but this brought, this podcast for the players. It's important that people seek out people that are experienced in the field, that are uh, somebody that, you know, been through the wars in coaching. And uh, the more of the right information we can share, that will help parents and ultimately help players. So thank you. I agree. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it.